Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. So we're back for another episode of the podcast, and we're continuing our conversation today with Jonathan and Sharon Sandberg. Last time we were together, we talked about kind of likening technology to a chainsaw. So many benefits that we can use using a chainsaw to chop down a tree compared to an old rusty saw, but also we have to be mindful of of the dangers and the safeguards that we need to take. We also talked about just the tremendous benefits that technology has brought to modern day missionary work and how it's allowed us to more fully accomplish our missionary purpose. But today we want to get a little more practical. We want to get into the details of what are the safeguards to, to help us use this wisely, as well as what do we do if we're in a crisis moment and how do we handle that? And so we'll kind of proceed along that outline if that's okay. You bet. Yeah, that sounds great. So we'll just tell you again how you can find it because this part would be most useful to you if you walk through the safeguards with us. So you go on your Gospel Library app under Handbooks and Callings, then Mission Callings, and then you'll see the safeguards for using technology. You can also, at distribution centers, order and get a hard copy if you're, you're that kind of person. But again, Mission Callings under Handbooks and Callings. And we'll, I think we'll start out with just saying the safeguards, there's four of them. There's three steps to help you when you're feeling vulnerable or susceptible to using your phone inappropriately. Again, the two main things for using your phone inappropriately are wasting time. That's what we all do. And then we can get into content that's dangerous to us. The umbrella question is, how is my phone helping me fulfill my missionary purpose? And wasting time and inappropriate content or too much contact with home, all of those prevent us from fulfilling our purpose. So if we think about technology separate from our missionary purpose, we're not going to get anywhere. And Sharon, you really like the new uh, statement about armor of God. In the new version of Preach My Gospel, chapter 2, I love the new title of the chapter. It is, Search the Scriptures and Put on the Whole Armor of God. And I feel like that kind of helps us understand that when we're using the safeguards, we are putting that armor on to protect us from Satan. Because like we mentioned last time, just like the Lord is hastening his work, so is Satan. And he knows that this is a way that he can tempt us and get us to do some stuff. So safeguard is a term that means protect from danger. It comes from the original quote from President Nelson that says, if we can get young people to develop appropriate safeguards, right, then if they can acquire sufficient safeguards, it will keep them from evil, right? So the first one is be in tune with spiritual promptings. And there's two phrases in here that I think are really helpful. Best means and best protection. Best means and best protection. This is the line. Righteously using your agency under the direction of the Holy Ghost will be your best means for doing good while using technology. It will also be your best protection against evil. I really like that. Best means, best protection. So the Holy Ghost will prompt you to when to put your phone away, or as the new, I'm using technology wisely says, to pause 
One of the things I do in my adult life is when I find myself using my phone more than I want to, I turn it face down and put it an arm's length away, right? Then what happens is it gives me a second to think about why I'm getting to my phone and let the spirit prompt me to do something different. If it's always in hand, always next to us, that makes it harder. So that's a main point I like from, from this section. I also love that it talks about that how Heavenly Father has given us two powerful gifts that can help us in our lives. He's given us moral agency and the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there's this fabulous quote by President Packer in Safeguards at the First. It says, no member of this church will ever make a serious mistake without first being warned by the promptings of the Holy Ghost. And so we have the power to choose. The Holy Ghost is going to help us, but we have that power because of Heavenly Father. And I love that this safeguard is tied to our covenants. This is a promise yeah, from God right. that if, if we'll strive to, to, to be obedient, uh, the Holy Ghost will always warn us. We have that, that gift uh, and companionship, that constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. And, and what a blessing that is and what an opportunity for young people uh, to, to learn to really pay attention to the feelings that they have inside or the thoughts that come to their mind to say, you know what, this, this probably isn't right. And, and our pre-missionaries, our, 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 our teenagers, if you will, have the great opportunity right now to say, you know, what? I don't feel very good about this. I'll always be warned before I make a big mistake, before I look at something inappropriately. The Spirit will always whisper to me, you know, maybe you shouldn't be looking at this. And, and so we can begin to practice this safeguard now and, and of course, learn to, to really become good at it so that simple nudge, that simple prompting can be responded to quickly. There's a lot of parents that worry that their kids are going to be in a crime neighborhood and be in a dangerous place. And we, we often say to them, the, the wonderful blessing is that the Holy Ghost will always warn them and protect them. Don't go down that road. Don't be in that place. You've got to get out of this house. Uh, and we think of that in terms of a more physical environment, but that very same principle, as you're saying, Brian, applies to going down wrong roads on your phone. Those, those shady characters are present there. And so the Holy Ghost can say, don't go to that site or don't click on that, that particular link, right? And let's be honest, this Using your phone wisely on your mission is the least of your adult problems when you get back from your mission. <laughs> you need the Holy Ghost to guide you in every aspect of your life. So a simple example, we're talking about something this morning. Sharon asked me a question. I got frustrated. I was sharp with her. The Spirit said, that's not being a peacemaker. That's not what President Nelson's talking about. That's not the right way to handle. And so I've, I've found her. I apologized. I overreacted. Following the promptings of the Holy Ghost, we'll talk about this later, is how you learn and improve in life. And if we listen, the Holy Ghost will say, and I don't know how he does it, he corrects me in a way that makes me feel motivated and hopeful. Most ad adult humans, when they correct me, I feel discouraged and criticized. I never feel that way by the Holy Ghost. He'll say, that's not a good move. You need to do that differently. And if we'll listen, no one's saying the Holy Ghost will prevent you from ever making a mistake with your phone. No one's saying that. But it's a safeguard, and as you get stronger and stronger in that, then temptation will become less and less appealing, and you'll have more control over your decisions. I love it because I think it's interesting too. It says that having the Holy Ghost is actually your best filter. Like there's filters on the phones during the mission, but your best filter is the Holy Ghost. And it says it's going to be your best protection against evil. I really tried to emphasize that, you know, I'm always the, those key best and, you know. Yeah. So. And most young people are really savvy on how to get around filters. They, yeah. they can find a way 
there's holes in the missionary filter system. And yeah. so really the, the ultimate filter, I, I think I like how it says too, it's, it's your own personal will. Yep. Yep. You know, to, am I, will I use my agency to follow those promptings of the spirit? That is a, it's a powerful filter. What better place is there than on the mission That's it. to learn how to be guided by the spirit and be prompted and use the spirit as the filter that will bless your life forever. And even if there's some mistakes that happen along the way, right? That's, I think we understand if we give missionaries phones, there will be problems Absolutely, and that's worth the risk. And there's so much to learn from a negative thing that might've happened to you by using the phone improperly. Yeah. Now that serves as a teacher ongoing in your life. And what a great place to learn it in the safety of a mission. And I love what Elder Bednar has taught us, that we shouldn't be looking for when the when we have the Spirit in our lives, but rather pay attention to when the Spirit leaves. That's right. That's the warning. That's, right. that's the prompting. You'll feel that. Uh, and and what, a, what a gift. I'm so grateful that Heavenly Father loves all of us enough to bless us with this great filter, as you refer to it, Sharon, to have the gift and companionship, the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. And, and that's first because it overrides all. It, it, the, the Spirit will help you with every one of these. But number two is be focused on your missionary purpose. I have written at the top of my safeguards key phrases from each section. And a key phrase for me is focus completely on God's purpose. Now, you do not have another time in your life to be 100% focused on the Lord's work. Your mission as a young person is the only time. Because when our hot water heater went out in our house back here in Utah when we were in California, who had to call the repair guy who had to pay for that? <laughs> right? The life doesn't, life still happens when you're a mission leader. Life still happens when you're a general authority. But when you're a young person, you don't have to do anything else. So when missionaries stay focused on their missionary purpose, then they start to think about not how I used to use my phone, but how I want to use my phone now. A little question for you. Who's paying for the SIM card on the mission? The churches. So it's the church's phone right? And that's just a little thing to think about. You may have purchased it before you came, but it's, it, you're not paying for the SIM card, right? And so it's really important for you to recognize it's a tool the church gives you, just like a car or a bike, to share the gospel. It's not your car. It's the church's car, and you drive that car differently than you did before the mission. TWE helps you, and you have, you have great things, whether you call it Moss 360 or Mass 360. There's great tools on here to help you. But in the end, it's not like your phone before, and it's not like the car before. You're focused on your missionary purpose. When I walk out, or before I walk out the door, when I decide what I want to do, I then decide what tool I That's need right. to make it happen. Yep. That's right. When Sean was talking about pulling out the chainsaw to cut down the tree, he, he fell in love with this tool, and he started looking for everything else he could cut down. Well, I, I think as we stayed focused on our missionary purpose, we pull out the tool, we pull out the chainsaw when we needed to cut down the tree, and when the tree's down, we don't carry the chainsaw with us everywhere we go, <laughs> revving, right? But we 
put it back in the shed. We put it away uh, and we seek out what, what are we to do next. And then we just determine what tool will I need. And I think I can picture missionaries doing this. So I pull out my phone when I have a, a purpose, you know, and I might, I might talk myself through that. You know, you were talking about the ESPN app. Hey, I want to see if Shohei Otani was just traded. That's, That's the right. only thing in baseball to watch right now. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to pull out my phone because that's the tool. Uh, I'm going to go to ESPN and I'm going to spend about 10 or 15 minutes looking at that or reading an article. And then I'm going to put my phone that's away. Right. The danger right. is we pull it out and then we get distracted right. and get going on all other kinds of things. Well, as a missionary, it would be the same same purpose, right? I love in, in the safeguard too, it does talk about, and as companions, they need to be centered on their purpose. And then they, it says for them to turn your device on only after you have identified what it is that you're going to do, and then you turn it off when your purpose is completed. There's one line here in Safeguard 2, turn on your device, uh, Sharon used, uh, see we get in missionary mode, now I'm calling her Sister Sandberg again. Um, <laughs> turn on your device only after your intention is clear. Before turning on your mobile device or computer or opening your app, determine with your companion what you'll be doing. So this is something that helped a lot of missionaries in our mission. Just say it out loud. I'm going to write a text for our family this afternoon. I'm going to check and see if the building's being used at that time. I'm going to see what the weather is. I heard there's going to be some rain this afternoon. Let's see if we need our umbrellas. If you get into the pattern of saying out loud what you're going to do, then you will always have a purpose. And then it becomes pretty ridiculous when you realize it's not related to your missionary purpose. See, the phrase isn't only use your phone when you have a purpose. The phrase is use your phone when it's connected to your missionary purpose. And there are some times when we use our phones where we'll almost never be related to our missionary purpose. We had the acronym BLAST, B-L-A-S-T. So don't go and use your technology when you're feeling bored or lonely, anxious, angry, stressed, or tired. That's when you're going to get yourself into trouble. As adults too. As, <laughs> yes, totally, totally as adults. We have a grandson for the first one, and my daughter-in-law will post. He's in Boston, unfortunately, and I'll go to look on Instagram, this picture of my grandson. And then all of a sudden, a half hour later, I've looked at all of these others. So I, you know, it's, it's, they're all, I, it goes with the plan. It just, I need to pause. It's what Brian's saying when you're done doing what you need to do for your missionary purpose, put your phone out of arm's reach. I don't know if they'll update this about turning it off because there's so much going on yeah. with friends and, and less active members, but you can just turn it over and put an arm length away. But there's a lot happening in missionary work on your phone every day. And I think that's why we that moves us to the third safeguard, which is be disciplined. Yeah. Like yep. To be able to focus on your purpose and listen to promptings of the Spirit, it does take a lot of discipline, right? We'd mentioned maybe one of the most important quotes. This is from Elder Ballard, but President Nelson, President Ballard, President Nelson said it too. This is in Safeguard 3, be disciplined. Handheld devices are a blessing. That's important. Handheld devices are a blessing but they can also distract us from hearing this still small voice. They need to be our servants, not our master. That, that's a great, great phrase. So one thing I'd ask young people is, what's the difference between being a servant and being a master? And when are you in charge of your phone? And when is it in charge of you? That's, that's something you could do today. You could start doing that today. Help me. Uh, how do I become disciplined? If I always go to the pantry for my Cheeto jalapenos. <laughs> and I know I for, should. For example? <laughs> Random for, example. You know, hypothetically, I know it's bad. Another reason you have a callus on your side. <laughs> <from the Carlitos. laughs> hypothetically. But help me. How do I become disciplined 
when my habit right now is to take it when, let's be honest, I'm, I'm not always feeling up. I may yeah. be bored. Right. You've told me blast. I yeah. am bored. Or how do, how do I discipline myself so that when I'm in that moment, I reject the jalapeno Cheetos <laughs> and I go, heaven forbid, broccoli <laughs> or celery sticks. But, but how do I discipline myself? So I think a simple way to start would be pick one thing you're going to start doing each day on the positive side, fulfilling your missionary purpose, and choose one thing each day you're going to stop doing. So I'll give you a simple example. Today I wake up and I say, what I'm going to do is use my phone more effectively to reach out to every past person we've taught. I'm going to put it in my planner. We're going to come up prayerfully with a video or a scripture. We're going to send it to everyone we've taught before. That's going to take about a half an hour to look up everybody. But that's what we're going to do. And then one thing I'm going to do today that I'm going to stop doing is I'm going to stop taking my phone into the bathroom. I've gotten into a bad habit to do that. I'm going to put my phone on the counter. That's in safeguards. I'll put my phone on the counter when I go in the bathroom. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with 50 things. Pick one thing to be more disciplined today and one thing you need to start doing, one thing you need to stop doing. But particularly in safeguards, there's one, two, three, four, five, six bulleted items there, number three, that you could start doing. One, a simple one. Avoid checking or responding to digital messages when you're talking with someone face-to-face. Just adapt that. I'm going to work on that today. That would help you be more disciplined. And you get a ping in your pocket and you're talking to someone in the street and you hyperventilate for 10 seconds and you say, I'm going to be okay. And then you do it. Jonathan, how about um, the pre-missionary right now who's currently, I don't know if addicted is the right word, but it feels at least addicted to pornography. Pornography in particular. And there is... Almost like this, I don't want to do it, but I can't seem to help myself. Like there seems to be almost a remapping of my brain that's, that's so automatic and I, I just want so bad to, to quit and I can't. Is there, is there any mm-hmm. little tip that you could give that pre-missionary right now? Some of them are trying to get on their mission and it's yeah. just been hard to get out because of that. Well, it's a lie you can't stop. First thing is just say that. That's Satan's lie. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people stop looking at pornography every year. So it's a lie that you can't. So, for example, if every time you looked at pornography, a 350-pound lineman took a baseball bat and beat the crap out of you, and you were hospitalized for three weeks, would you stop looking at pornography? <laughs> you would. So it's possible, okay? So, so we know that's possible. That's the first thing. Second thing is ask for help. The safeguards say so many places, almost always bad choices with the phone are done in isolation. Get out of the darkness, get out of the hiding, talk to someone. Talk to a parent, talk to a bishop. You might need therapy. That's okay. But that's two things I would say right off the bat. You can change. People go on missions every day after overcoming pornography. And then second, you probably need some help. Ask for help. Part of being disciplined is knowing when you need help and asking for it. Part of the problem is when I think I want to do this by myself Doesn't and work. so I'm alone in trying to overcome this as opposed to asking for help letting you know yeah. so that we're both in it so that you can come back how's it going yep. I'm accountable to someone yep. and, and I think there's plans and ways to do that we won't go into it here but safeguards fusing technology has outlined and be aware and acknowledge at the end choose to act and then learn to learn and improve 
three steps that can help anyone. So the last half of this book will help anyone who has a current pornography issue. What else are we missing from Be Disciplined? They've added a section that is not in the current safeguards in the new Preach My Gospel. And I really loved how they talked about how, you know, as missionaries, we are a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what we are doing full time. And they said the word discipline and disciple actually come from the same root word, meaning learner or pupil. And so... To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we want to follow him and that we want to keep his commandments and that we need to teach of him, but we can't do that without his help. We have to have Christ in our lives. We have to come closer to Christ. It always boils back down to getting his grace in our lives to be able to do this. And, and I think wanting to add that to others as well, as we go back to master versus servant, when technology is our, our servant, I get closer to the people I'm working with. I'm more likely to, to receive a, an impression or a prompting. And if, I, if I'm using technology as my servant, I can more quickly reach out to and respond to a prompting from the Spirit to, yeah. to reach out to that person. If technology is my master, I actually increase the distance between our new friends and myself. I'm slower to respond to, to promptings. And so I, because I want them to receive Jesus Christ in their lives, I think I'm more motivated to, to want to be more disciplined in how I use technology. Let me add on to that, Brian. So for parents that are having maybe a hard time with this, I would suggest you sit down and watch as a family, a video the church has put out called the Bush family story. It's about nine minutes long. It's about a family in Seattle. And it shows how missionaries responded to promptings and used their phone to receive a referral to act quickly and to teach how two members in two other states joined every lesson, how the family got baptized and went to the temple, and technology is at the key of that. It's an example of being disciplined and following promptings to reach people they wouldn't have reached normally. So that, that's something you could watch as a family, the Bush family story. It's just nine minutes long. Um, let me just say one other thing I think it's really important to recognize, that when you talk about these first three things, first three safeguards, you're not alone. You have a companion. And that's safeguard four, be one. And if, if it says, help your mission develop a culture of unity, obedience, I love these, compassion, caring, vigilance, and accountability so you can all strengthen, encourage, and support each other. Now, three principles that are really important mentioned here. Number one is missionaries should never be on their phone unless their companion can also see the screen. It's called four eyes on the screen. So meeting with missionaries in the mission who had trouble with their phone, were using it inappropriately. I will ask them, where, first question I ask, where were you when this happened? Where was your companion? And it's always separate rooms, separate parts of the room. Because if Sharon and I can both see the phone, it's impossible for us to make bad decisions unless we're consciously agreeing to do that. That rarely happens. I may be in a bad place, but she's probably not in a bad place at the same time. So number one is four eyes on the screen. Number two, let's talk about what a device audit is. Since the phone isn't yours, your device will be audited, usually on every exchange with the leader and often in every district council. Often they'll just say, everybody pass their phone to the left. And then you'll go through, the, the administrative department has talked about how to audit a phone. Squal a quality time screen app, it quality screen time shows how, what you've looked at during the week. And then you can turn to your companion and say, or to the person next to you, I see that you had some time on Facebook after 10.30 on Wednesday night. What was happening? Let's just talk about it. 
It talks about how to do that with, compa- with compassion and love. But, you know, many times I called and said, this phone number has been called this many times, or this phone number has called you this many times at this late at night. Well, we found out that the phone was somehow on Eastern Standard Time, and it was the ward mission leader. <laughs> and it was always between 9 and 9.30 because that's what you're supposed to do. But it looked like 12 and 12.30. So you can find in an audit that things are just fine. But I would often get a call, say, President, uh, Sam is own leader, sister training leader. I'm here with sister so-and-so. We've just done a device audit. She's having some trouble with her phone. Can we talk about it? So the three of us would talk about how to do it better. No one's alone, right? But this idea of privacy, my phone, there is no my phone in the mission. It's the mission's phone. And you might lose access to the phone for a while. The third thing you should understand is your mission leaders will help you. The mission president has a little button that you can just push that turns off access to everything on your phone. And you can call and say, President, I need a week. I need a reset. I got to get my head in the game. My companion has a SIM card. We'll be fine. The work will go forward. Can you just turn me off for a week? You bet. And don't you just admire you bet, that you missionary bet. rather than saying, yeah. oh, I'm so disappointed that yeah. you've looked at something. I'm just like, Elder, that is faith in Christ right yep. there that you've you've had the courage to own it. You, that's That's what repentance is all about. And to seek help, you know. You've got, you've got your companion, you've got your mission leaders, you've got the Holy Ghost. You're not alone in your efforts to live the safeguards. And that's what Safeguard 4 is all about. I also I want to always consider this as well. The very last paragraph is that you're one with Christ, that he has confidence in you as a missionary. He has called you, and you need to include him in your process because it's only with Christ's help that you can, you can do all of this. Because it is, you know, if you ask anybody in the world that 19, 18 to 21 year olds are having this much discipline with phones, people would think we're crazy. But we, yeah. we have to have Christ involved. Yeah, it's a miracle. So, so what do I do when I'm feeling weak? When I'm feeling, I, 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 you know, I'm about to grab that phone. What, what do I do? So the last three parts of safeguards are called, what should I do if I'm vulner- feeling vulnerable or susceptible? As a therapist... I find these are the most helpful things. And I use this when I'm working with people in therapy who have pornography problems. I feel like the first four are kind of the preventative, right? It's how you can do this. But when you're feeling vulnerable, this is kind of like the crisis intervention. And this is what you can do when you are feeling a little bit tired and bored and lonely. So you can go remind yourself of these, that we can do these three things. So be aware and acknowledge is the first one. Choose to act. And then the third one is learn and improve. But I love actually what the new Preach My Gospel version says. It's learn, repent, and improve, as they've added that. And I thought... the Savior into it. Exactly. And I love that. You know, I just reread the title of President... Nelson's closing talk in general conference. I don't know if you saw what the title was. I, I had never seen it. The answer is always Jesus Christ. That's, that's his last talk. So this is important at the beginning of this section. Learning to live the safeguards is not as simple as saying you will do it. It requires effort and practice. But even after the safeguards have become a natural part of how you think and act, you will have times when you may feel vulnerable and susceptible. That's simply because we're the natural man and natural woman. We're in mortality. You can prevent a lot of poor phone use, but there will always still be temptation. So let's talk about what you have to do. Um, The first one is be aware and acknowledge. 
The first question I ask people, for example, in therapy who have an issue with pornography, or I would just say it's the exact same thing, video game use, Netflix binging, hyper overeating, it's all the same. I'll say, why do you do it? And they'll always give some cause. Well, in my family, um, everybody played video games. Or my older brother had a stack of pornography that I looked at or whatever. I said, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking why last Tuesday at 6 p.m. you looked at pornography. Well, I don't know. I said, well, you have to become aware of your triggers, right? And what it says here in Safeguards is being bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, tired, hungry can make it more difficult to use technology wisely. Being aware of these conditions and emotions will allow you to respond to what you are feeling in a positive and constructive way. All missionaries experience weakness and feelings of vulnerability. Instead of hiding or ignoring those feelings, honestly acknowledge them so that in order to, so that you can choose a better response than you have in the past. So if you aren't aware of your triggers, you have a 0% chance of creating a plan that works. So the second thing I'd ask a missionary is, so when are you most susceptible? So they look through, it's late at night, it's when we're home at nine, it's when I miss my family. Okay, is that the pattern? Yeah, that's the pattern. So what are you going to do instead? What's your plan? And that's the second stage. But you can't develop a plan that's effective if you aren't aware of the triggers. And most people like to forget negative feelings or pretend they're not happening. That doesn't work. It's just poor coping. Pornography use is poor coping. Wasting time on your phone, it's just poor coping. It's not that you're evil. It's not that you're hardwired. It's not you have a quart more of testosterone than anyone else. <laughs> it's just poor coping, right? And you can learn a different way. You're usually compensating for a, a deeper problem yeah, just, inside. You're bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, tired. Before the mission, you know, some people might have gone to the gym and, extra, and worked out longer. Or yeah. some people might have gone and rode their horse or, you know, go driving somewhere. But on the mission, you have to learn different coping mechanisms as well. Why would the Lord strip away all of your coping mechanisms on a mission? I thought a lot about that. Because it's fine to walk your dog. Why don't we just let missionaries have dogs? Because the Lord wants us to turn to the Savior. Our Heavenly Father wants us to turn to the Savior. And so on a mission, you have to learn how to resolve problems without distracting yourself. That's a good life skill. I love the example of Peter as he jumped out of the boat and, and, and was doing really well. But then he began to stress about the waves and the storm and began to worry about some things that, that he wasn't worried about before and, and began to sink. But his reaction was so faith-filled, he reached out to the Savior. And, and I, that, that's what I see as I picture. They even have in the old Safeguards booklet, they have that picture of Peter reaching right. out to the yep. Savior. And I, I love that image when a missionary or a young person uh, will recognize they're in a bad spot. And any effort to reach out to the Savior, I think, will be rewarded. I love that story as well because I feel like he was fine as long as he was focusing on, his, on the Savior. When the missionaries are focused on their purpose, they're doing okay. It's when they get distracted by the other things around them. And I love this, what you said earlier. When I'm feeling vulnerable, I'm aware I have a trigger. I, I flip my phone over. I put it out of arm's reach. Or you said another example. I call my mission president and say, can you turn me off for a week? There's being aware, acknowledging. I'm feeling extra lonely or depressed, and I'm going into the bathroom. 
It is not the time to bring the the phone with you. I've acknowledged it. I've hey, give that to my companion. Will you hold this? I'm I'm going into the bathroom. Or even being as open as saying, Elder, I'm feeling a little vulnerable right now. Can yeah. can we just be a little extra careful right. with uh with seeing each other's screens? And part of the plan, you know, the second uh part here is choose to act is create a code word with your companion. Mm-hmm. And we did this. We had everyone on our mission have a code word, tell their companion what it is. So when I'm vulnerable, we can do this. During the dog days of COVID, when you couldn't leave your apartment except to go on a walk, the code was, I need a walk. Uh-huh. So sometimes mission is going four or five walks a day. That's the uh-huh. only thing you could do. It literally was the only thing you could do on your mission. And so when you have, a plan, when you have an awareness of your vulnerability, you also say to your companion, look, I'm going to need your help on something. Don't ever let me go in the other room with my phone. I need, I need you to have my back on that, right? So being aware means you also ask for help where you need help. And I think having a companion that, that at times can notice when you seem distracted or, or perhaps you're uh, missing the boat. You talked earlier about having a device audit uh, to tell a story about McKenna when she was serving in Thailand. Um, one morning, her, her missionary companion came to her and she says, Sister Pat, uh, you were talking to someone on your phone late last night. Uh, we probably should talk about this. And uh, McKenna said, I-, I wasn't talking to anybody on the phone. Well, what her companion didn't realize and what McKen- McKenna had not communicated is McKenna talks in her sleep every night. And McKenna <laughs> was teaching a lesson right <laughs> during the middle of the night in her dreams, talking out loud. But I love that her companion yeah, loved absolutely. her enough absolutely. to say, hey, let's talk about this before it became a problem before it became her communicating with somebody, you know, late at night. And, and so I think as companions, as in our efforts to be one, thinking of safeguard number four, we, we ought to be able to approach each other safely and carefully and say, hey, it looks like you're having a hard time. How That's can right. I help? And we required on this, this step number two, choose to act. Once you're aware of and you're feeling vulnerable or that you are not following one of the safeguards, decide what you will do to follow the safeguard then choose to act on that plan. Write down what specific actions you will take. And so we required every missionary mission to have a written plan and share it with their companion. Transfer days occurred, share it with, with your new companion. And then so when I'm in a bad place and I'm not thinking real clearly, my companion can say, what's your plan say? Let's do something off your plan. So when, let's say you have an issue with pornography even before your mission. If you can get to this point, it's a major victory. I could look at pornography right now, or it's a magical word, or what else could I do? If you have a written plan, now you have options. See, going into pornography is my only option. That's all I know what to do when I feel this feeling. But now I have a written plan, or I could, and I've actually had people say, well, I'll try this other thing, and if it doesn't work, then I could still look at pornography. But the other thing works, so you're trying something else instead. And so I think it's really important in the spiritual domain, in the physical domain, like stop and do 10 push-ups, and in the emotional domain, talk to a companion journal, you have things written down that you can do when you're feeling susceptible. That's having a plan to act, and safeguards are really specific. You must have a plan, and then written plan, and they give you a bunch of bulleted items on things you can do. They also refer to adjusted missionary life, which gives you 20 more pages of things. Inevitably, people are going to make mistakes. Yep. And I love that that third one. And I especially love the wor- how you highlighted what it says in Preach My Gospel 2nd Edition. It's learn 
repent and improve. What can you teach us about that one? We would always say, you know what? We learn and improve, right? Elder or sister, you made a mistake. That's okay. We learn and improve. But now I love, like you said, you bring the Savior in. I love the added paragraph that they had also in, they said, you do not have to overcome challenges on your own. You have to rely on the strength that comes through the Savior's atonement and the covenants that you have made through him. The Lord knows the challenges you face and he is going to help you in this great work. I feel like in a lot of cases, it's allowing them to understand that they're not perfect. I feel like there's so many missionaries who think that they have to be perfect. And I love this section because it helps them realize that, no, I, I made a mistake. I'm learning and now I'm going to repent and improve and do better next time when I come to this situation. I think one other thing I would mention is when you learn to recognize patterns, it says, in your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that make it difficult for you to use technology righteously, you can avoid temptation by avoiding the patterns. That's a great little line. Yeah. So if you know, for example, and this just happens with a lot of missionaries, that the bathroom is an area of trouble, then a learn and improve mode is that you just don't take your phone in the bathroom. So I had a lot of missionaries who had trouble with other things, and, and I would say, okay, well, where does this occur? Something like, let's say, masturbation in the shower. So what's your plan? I don't know. Well, have you tried having a straight cold shower? You'll be out in less than a minute. <laughs> you know, they listen to their favorite general conference talk. You know, there's lots of things they can do to come up with a plan. I know my pattern. I'm improving by avoiding or adapting that pattern. Primarily, as I've listened to our discussion, it is very beneficial to those who are serving a mission who have a companion right now who are involved in the work. For those who are preparing to serve, maybe a month away, maybe six months away, what can they do now to start to internalize the safeguards so that when they do arrive to the mission, it's a pattern of living and they they just move forward with the work. One of the things when missionaries would come into the MTC, we would try to tell them right away, unfollow friends on Facebook. It's not you're unfriending them, but it's so that their posts won't ding every time something comes in. And then on P-Day, they can go to their Facebook and see what's going on with everything. And sending out a message to all your friends and just saying, hey, look, I'm going to be serving as a disciple of Jesus Christ for the next 18 months, two years, just so you know I'm not going to be able to respond to this and this and this, you know, and explain it to them, but unfollow them. That helped out a lot of missionaries when they would do that. And some of them, it took six or eight months to do it. And then they were like, why did I waste the first six to eight months of my mission Once they did it, it helped them a lot. So start on page 15 and just do these three. Be aware and acknowledge, choose to act, learn and improve. Sit down with your parents, your bishop, young men's, young women's leader and say, what's be aware and acknowledge, what's some way I'm using my phone right now that I can't on my mission? Just pick one area and then say, I'm going to create a plan to use that less or to not do that anymore. And then learn and improve, right? So the the thing you're going to have to figure out is you're not going to be constantly connected to people at home. So one thing you can do before you leave on your mission is write a really nice group email and send it to everyone that says, I won't be responding on Messenger. I won't be on Instagram. I can only email friends on Monday, but I'd love to hear from you and I can respond on Monday through email. That's one thing you can do. I think part of this as I sit here and listen is that safeguards, this isn't a program, but, but the, the hope is that this be, becomes a way of life, the way, the way we function as young people, as, as young adults, as, as adults in our life, that, 
that these just become a part of who we are. And what, what a way to live, to be transparent, to, to not have any fear of who might see something on my phone. Or, you know, I love being able to just hand my phone to my wife and I'm never nervous yeah. of what she might find on there. I just love living that way. And if we can learn to, to grow in that now as young people, what, what a blessing that'll, that'll be to us in our own marriages. Well, and one thing I mentioned in the last in last times was the taking charge of my device, which is the new youth thing. And so if you go to the Gospel Library app under the youth tab, it's a new thing, taking charge of my device. And it talks about having a plan, a purpose, and pause. And I love one of the things it says under the plan. It says, what sign am I showing God with how I use my time? And I thought that was an interesting question. And so, you know, if we can even think about that even after the mission, okay, what, what am I showing Heavenly Father right now in what I'm doing? Is that showing how, how I appreciate Him in my life? So our daughter teaches eighth grade math. and She was a student teacher last year. And it's okay to be eighth grade, and it's, gonna be, it's okay to be like the person in this story. But I'm going to tell you a story about an eighth grader. I'm going to tell you a story about a return missionary. And there has to be a transformation. So this student kept on getting in trouble in math for being on their phone. And Marissa, our daughter, went over and said, I need to have your phone now. And she said, that's so fake. I can't leave her unread. Marissa said, she knows you're in math class. You're not supposed to be using your phone. It's not my fault you put me in this seat. Sitting by all these people gives me the ick. (laughs) Right? It's okay to be in eighth grade and have that feeling about your phone. Totally unaware that you're in math class. Totally unaware that you're doing something else. The phone is your world to the missionary who's going home next week and says, I've changed my life. I do not use a phone like I did before, but I'm a little afraid about going home. What can I do? And so I'll ask them, and we did this in every departing meeting, which of the safeguards will work after your mission? And we'll go through every one and we'll talk about it. There is a transition from the phone is my world and the rest of you are just spectators to I'm using my phone the right way, how do I keep that going? That's a maturing process, but that's a process of internalizing the safeguards. And that's something we all need to do from the moment you get a phone until the day you die. This is a process we have to go through. It's much larger than that. I just want to share my testimony that from this line in Preach My Gospel, the new Preach My Gospel. Although we are imperfect and may fall short again, there is more grace, love, and mercy in Jesus Christ then there is failure, flaw, or sin in us. There is more grace, love, and mercy in Jesus Christ than there is failure, flaw, or sin in us. We're going to make mistakes, but his grace is sufficient. His grace and power is bigger than our stupidity and weakness. That's, that's what that's saying. So work at it. Start now. Don't wait till you go on the MTC, and you'll be blessed. I also I feel like having a plan and a purpose when we do anything will help us. And I do believe with all my heart that we're not alone and Christ is there to help us. I know that on the mission, he's there leading you on the right hand and on the left hand. I know after the mission, he's there. He knows what our challenges are and he wants to help us. We just need to ask for his help. One of my very, very favorite pictures is Christ reaching down into the water And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're drowning in things that we're overwhelmed with. And we all we have to do is reach up. He's there for us. And I know that and believe that with all my heart.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to Preach My Gospel Podcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.